This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis coming out another time with another study from God's Word. And we're looking at, have been for a day or two, a few days, the personality of the Holy Spirit. Oh, my friend, what a study. We have many, many more studies to come. But at this time, we have a gracious portion of the study that Pastor Shelton had brought back there years and years ago. And I'm still gleaning from his messages. And we have a portion of it he called... The question box. He took questions over the phone and then put them in a book and advertised and answered them. So let's go into that. We're going to have eight or ten questions and answers. Maybe maybe you'd be interested in that. Let's listen. If a person must be without sin to enter the heaven, the kingdom of heaven, can you explain why the devil and his angels were cast out of heaven? And how did he enter heaven in the first place with sin? All right, let's see what the answer is, my friend. For a person to be saved, he must have the perfect righteousness of the Lord, Jesus Christ. And as he, and as he has no righteousness of his own, he gets to heaven on the perfect righteousness of Christ. Satan, Satan, the anointed cherub, the highest created being, according to Ezekiel 28, was created a perfect being. And according to the Isaiah 14, Sin entered him, therefore he was cast out because of his own wickedness. Now, let's go to the next question. Please explain how children can be born into this new world and when Jesus said there would be no marriage in the resurrection, but there would be, it would be as angels. Now listen, sometimes we get foolish questions, don't we? There are two different distinct classes of people in the new world, the sanctified, glorified saints of God who will occupy the new city. Then the nations of the earth in their innocence will occupy the rest of the new earth. It is among these who will populate the new earth. Next, next question. If you are saved, will you keep living in sin, going to dances, shows, drink, use the Father's name in vain, and so forth, never worshiping God? Is it if a person who does these is a person who does these things saved? Listen, folks. First John three, he said, "Ho, he that is born of God does not practice sin. That is, makes no sin the practice of his life. When a person is born again, the power of sin or the principle of sin is is broken in their life, and the indwelling." Holy Spirit gives them victory over sin. A person who claims to be saved and continuing in sin is not saved. Let me just say here a personal word. God's child, when he's saved, he hates sin. He no longer wants to be around sin. He, he don't haunt the same old places. He, he, he just doesn't want to be there. I, I know that from personal, personal experience, my friend. All right, we have another question. What will God's judgment be on those who have not heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? The judgment of God falls on all who know not the Lord Jesus Christ. It is our responsibility to get the gospel to them. Their judgment rests in the hands of God. God holds us responsible to warn the wicked of his way. The question with me is not what God will do with them, but what I'm going to doing about getting the message out. Oh, my friend, doesn't that prick your heart to help get out the gospel? 
Now listen, next question. And God said, Behold, wait a minute, wait a minute. This, this question is, explain Genesis one twenty nine, and should we eat meat? That's a foolish question. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bowing seed which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree in which the, the fruit of the tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat. This was God's covenant with Adam. They were, they were to eat meat only, the fruit of the trees and herbs. Listen now. Now listen. They were to eat only the fruit of the trees and herbs. In Genesis 9-3, we find that God commanded Noah in the new earth after the flood to eat meat. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as the grown herb have I given you all things. He commanded he commanded them not to eat blood. In Acts 15:29, the Holy Spirit commanded them to abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood, but they were to eat meat. In 1 Timothy, let's go there and see what he says about it. In 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 4:1, we find these words. Now listen. Listen now, quite lengthy. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing doctrine, seducing spirits and doctrines, doctrines of devils, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. God has commanded us to eat meat. There is growing up today a doctrine of the devil, commanding folks to abstain from meat and to eat only vegetables. This weakens the human body, gives room for demon spirits to take control. The Bible is strictly against this vegetarian movement that's so well on the scene today and spreading all over our country, preaching and teaching the doctrines of devil. Oh, my friend, now, this, this, these studies Pastor Shelton brought these questions was many years ago, and he brought the answer about not not eating meat, eating vegetables, and I know that's far more advanced than it was in that day. But let's go on. Here's a question: You say children are demons, children of Satan when they're born, and then they say children go to heaven when they die. Please explain that. Pastor Pendarvis, all children are sons of the Adamic race. Therefore, according to John 8:44, ye are your father the devil, because according to God's word, every child is convinced is conceived in sin. Listen, shapen in iniquity, born as transgressor, goes as tray, speaking lies. While in infancy, every child is safe under the blood. If the child dies in infancy, the Holy Spirit applies the blood to that soul and makes it a child of God before it ever enters heaven. Now, let's look at that. We know, we know, we do not know the age of accountability. I don't know it, and you don't know it. Only the Lord knows that. And we have situations in our, in our midst today, all over the world, of children having uh, 
uh, not their, their mind is not developed in their, what we call uh, in 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 mongoloid and those things. That's all in the Lord's hand. Why would you want to question such thing? Just to just to prove a point that you know something. Just leave that in the Lord's hand if you do that, and ask the Lord to forgive you for asking such a question. Now let's go go back to our question. Is being converted or being saved the same thing? Can one be converted and yet not be saved? <laughs> That's a foolish question. Ah, listen. Matthew 18, 3. Except you be converted and become as a little child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. The word convert means to turn around, which is equivalent to repentance. Or it may mean to change from one faith to another. We usually use the word convert to be saved, but a person can be converted from one opinion to another or from one faith to another without being saved. So a person can be converted and not be saved. Now listen, 1 John 3, 8 and 9 seems to contradict 1 John 1, 8 and 9. Please explain that, Pastor. Would you do that, Trailblazer? Let's go. Let's read 1 John 3, 8 and 9. He that committeth sin is of the devil. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. This means he who is born of God does not practice sin or make sin a rule of his life. He cannot practice sin because he's born of God. The new nature will not permit him to make sin the practice of his life, for he is not under the law, but under grace. Now let's look at 1 John 1, 8 and 9. He says here, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When God saves an individual, he does not remove, listen now, listen now, he does not remove the old nature, he puts a new nature in us. But remember one thing, the born-again believer will not practice sin. There is the constant confession and a constant cleansing that keeps him in unbroken fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's, we have one more maybe question. Please tell us exactly what is meant by having the Lord's Supper. I know that's an interesting question. I've had it asked by me, asked uh, of me many times. The broken bread and the poured wine are symbols of the broken body, the spilt blood of Christ on the cross. And as often as we eat it, by faith we discern the broken body and the spirit blood of Christ, spilt blood on the cross. Doing it, doing it in remembrance of him until he comes again. He often said, as often as you eat this bread and drink this wine, you do show the Lord's death and suffering until he comes again. Here at First Baptist Church, we eat the Lord's Supper on that fellowship time and we do that nobody does it all the way at the same time here's the next part of that question are you supposed to wash feet at this supper the answer is no <laughs> the answer is no the lord washed the feet of the disciples before he instituted the lord's supper <laughs> to teach humility the washing of feet is not a church ordinance it is a marvelous example of humility 
and I've often wished I could be in one of such services. I never have been in one. Have you? Listen now. The third part of the question, is the Lord's Supper essential to salvation? And that answer is no, my friend. Now, I'm, I'm glad we had these question and answers thing. We may take them up later in another study and give them back to you again. But we bring to the close another study. And next time, next time, next service, we begin looking at Holy Spirit conviction. Now, we've had people from all over America call here, right here, wanting to know, Pastor, what in the world do you mean by Holy Spirit conviction? I believe this next session will uh, answer that question. And if, you are, if you're interested, you stay tuned or write me, and I'll mail you a copy of this, this, this uh, section. But this is Pastor Albert Pandora. Remember, the old trailblazers here Monday through Friday, and we're bringing you God's study on the personality of the Holy Spirit and next week, we'll be looking at the Holy Spirit conviction. You ever experienced Holy Spirit conviction? It's not a booger. It's not something to be afraid of. It's just simply the Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God, coming there to a lost sinner, awakening him. Just wake up, sinner. That's what he said in, base, in, a, in essence. Wake up, Pendarvis. You're asleep and going to hell, and you don't know it. That's what happened to me. And that's what happens to everyone who ever gets saved. Nobody comes to Christ until he sees his need. Oh, no. You don't get up in the morning feeling good and say, Mama, I believe I'll go to the doctor. But the next morning, if you have a headache and a sore throat and burned up with fever, you say, Mama, call the doctor and see if I can see him. I'm sick. Same principle, my friend. But remember, my mailing address, the old trailblazer, post office box 1810, Walker, Louisiana, 70785. I'll be back next week at the same time, same station, with another God, another message from God's Word. Until then, may our Lord richest blessing rest upon you. Goodbye. Radio Missions now offers flash drives containing broadcasts and messages delivered by founding Pastor L.R. Shelton Sr., Pastor Albert Pendarvis, and Brother Freddie Murdoch, plus music by the Radio Missions Choir. For more information, call 225-664-8658. That's 225-664-8658. 